science by definition allows for more than one opinion, otherwise you merely have the will of one man, which is the basis of cult. If it's not in the frame, it doesn't exist. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not gonna take this anymore! I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I illusion. Where you been? Drunk. Wendy? <laughs> Darling? Light of my life. Oh! What is your one purpose in life? To explode, of course. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yes, yeah, so fuck off and die. Damon. <laughs> Matthew. Damon. Damon. Matthew Damon. Um, I love that, like, the fat Scars Guards is in this one, dude. <laughs> oh, it, it's like, uh, so we were watching it, and Mary, she actually watched it with me, and she, uh, has and she ever seen this? She has, but it's been a really long time, and her memory is absolutely Dude, trash. So, I would love to know her opinion because it's a therapy show. Like it's, a, it's like a movie. Yeah, she and Dude, she thought that did the therapy well. Right, and that's the thing. Except she for was the like, one it was, the yeah, choking. Yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> right. She said like a lot of it was uh, like pretty obvious stuff, but like she's like, yeah, this is good. This isn't like she'll watch a lot of shit that's like therapy and roll her eyes at it. And she's like, no, this is good. Right. Yeah. It's a right. movie fied version of it, but it, you know, that's dude. That's what Victoria was saying too. She's like, she's like, but the whole like choking thing, which I, I feel, I feel works. It's like, I understand like that is, he's from, he's from Boston, but he's, but the south, fact he's is, from he's Southie. Not, he like, he's not truly his therapist. So it's kind of like, I don't, you know, that was like, oh, yeah, that was a right. meet, that was a meet and greet. And it's like, I don't know. He took it on. He's doing it like he said he doesn't even do therapy. He says but, he teaches it. He doesn't do it. So it's like, oh, that's true. Yeah. It's like technically, but, so that's what he's I, that's, not, you know, it's like he can. That's what I. Yeah. He can. He can come back from the grave and choke me. I wish I was like I was telling <laughs> I Mary. I was oh. like, I know. I was like, man, I I wish I had a therapist. It's like I could. She's like, yeah, you need one. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you need a therapist. They're, yeah. And I was fun. like, they don't choke you as much as that. But well, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like a grizzly. <laughs> Like daddy, uh, you need to go to, that to is go to like AA. a salt and pepper beard and wears like a fucking like a cute old man hat and like cashmere sweaters, uh, and just you know talks about his wife's farts with me. Like that's the, that's my therapy. I need this therapist. <laughs> that's the, it doesn't yeah, exist. It is, I'm gonna no. be like so on a scale to one to Robin Williams. Like what are you? And if they're <laughs> you know if that's not working, then get the fuck out of here. I think the only way you can get a therapist like Robin Williams is if you're smart enough. If you're <laughs> yeah. smart like if you're smart like Will, man, you can get you can you can go toe to toe, tit for tat for that therapist. Uh, that Stella Skarsgård can try vouch to, for me. He won't, he won't try to warp your mind, dude, with his freaking shrink magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't falling for your shrink magic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh man, this, this well. is the this is the cult of cinema knowledge <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is the mathematics podcast we, now. We're back at it. This is just going to become a therapy, so if I start crying by the end of this. <laughs> oh, dude, I was... The end of this movie hits you good, dude. This is like such a... It's, it's not so your funny fault. <laughs> this is such a good movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm surprised. It, I. Uh, but I really... It's funny. It's one of those... It's such a good movie, but I'd probably give it like maybe three and a half, four stars. Yeah, like I'd, I, I'd give it four, three, you know. probably. I haven't done my letterbox yet. I'll probably give it four, but like... I... I uh, so obviously we're talking about Goodwill Hunting, right? <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> I I'd seen this movie quite a handful of times back in the day. I'd probably seen it like three or four times, and it's been like maybe close to a decade, you know, seven eight years or something since I watched it last. Oh, and easy, yeah. I was watching it again this time, and I was like, oh yeah, this movie's like pretty 
like cheesy because it's like all the, the the stereotypical like we're just a rough couple boys and we're gonna get in fights and it's he's wicked smart wicked smart and gus van sant's like uh cinematography style is very kind of plain and like like it's it's fine he's got like a kind of a gentle touch but it it fits the but it, it fits, fits the mirror it, it does bill perfect it, it fits that, good that like it sits in that like mid to late 90s miramax look it like does. they they were the a24 before like a you know they were producing all these movies that were kind of carbon copies but like you know right. really strong scripts and young young and upcoming directors and actors i mean not gus van sant obviously but this movie got workshopped so much and like that's kind of the like this movie has like quite the production legacy behind it and i think that's really fascinating too but yeah that makes sense because yeah. it's like uh yeah, watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, pretty cringe, some of it. And, like, most recently, I, I watched, like, this Louis C.K. stand-up, and he does a bit about it and about how, like, uh, a lot of – he really likes the movie, but a lot of the stuff in it's dumb, and it's, like, only works because Matt Damon wrote it, and he's playing the main guy and everything. Uh, it's, right. it's pretty funny. But it, I was like, oh, yeah. But then, like, the more it went on, I was like, oh, yeah, this is – there's a reason why this one, like, best screenplay and, like, put Matt Damon and Ben Affleck on the map. I'm like, oh, okay, this is – this is pr- really well written, and the like, character development's really yeah. good. And I kind of the dialogue like, is fucking great. God damn it! it like, yeah, right. It's like the acting. It like it does. It comes together. It is. It is filmmaking. Like at and the better. Yeah, the longer it goes form. on, the like better it gets. And then the ending where it's just like, God damn it, he stole my line. And then it's just him driving <sighs> off to like that nice sweet '90s music to, over the credits. Like, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually I'm really surprised. I didn't remember that Elliot Smith did that. They used like three Elliot Smith songs in this movie and like, and that the ending credit ones and like Elliot Smith just brings such a like melancholy vibe. uh, Yeah. You know, slight, yeah, slight melancholy, but like kind of a little optimistic, you know, it's like kind of pretty, but, uh, brings a great, it's a great vibe. But then do you know what I really did? Like when I heard the songs, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. I'm like, fuck, that's great. I did not remember for the life of me that Danny Elfman or Don whatever yeah Danny Elfman did the score and it is kind of goofy. I know the score it's, was the one thing. Totally, yeah, right. It, it was taking me out of it like Same. way too much. I dude. did not remember I it like, at all. I was, like, I was like, am I watching Sleepy Hollow or am I watching fucking Google Hunting, dude? I literally <laughs> it would be like the scenes like Ben Affleck walks up to the house and it just is like like is this fucking like Toy Story? Like what is happening? It's just like yeah. this whimsical like. Oh yeah, look at it's. This is in the mind of like a, a troubled smart guy. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. was right, right, right. Yeah, totally. That like, it, that. I mean, it worked it, for the kaleidoscope opening. You know, that kind of kaleidoscopic opening where it's like that's kind of fanciful. But dude, his it, music was so it's too yeah. whimsical. Like you said, like it's, it's just whimsical, man. Wild. It's like yeah. it, I guess it like fit because now I can't imagine what else. But sure, right, yeah. But it is. Uh, there were times I'm like the fuck is this scene like it's just like <laughs> yeah. ben affleck's like doing that smile he's like that son of a bitch you know and then <laughs> but all the while it's just like i know it's like his strings and xylophone like you're like you're like all right all right buddy it's like but i i don't know i yeah dude no i i can i uh stumble through a synopsis real quick for everybody i was just gonna just keep going and say fuck it or you just wanted to know no synopsis i mean i think this is like a this is an old enough movie that it's pretty well established. Like people know the the like pop culture references behind it. I was yeah, because I was the whole yeah. time I was like, there is so many like 
things that make fun of like that do this that i was even telling like i was like there's so many of the like yeah oh, it's not your fault bits and then like right even right. uh jay and silent bob 2 where they have this scene where the goodwill hunting 2 part where he's yeah. like how you like yeah, these apples the- and he shoots him with a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it like becomes and, like and a it super, is like, violent Matt, it is matt damon and uh, ben affleck and gus van sant's there yeah. with his money bags like yeah pretty, right right good. exactly well, dude, uh, that's, I mean, and this is, this is a movie. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let me do the synopsis dude, real quick yeah, for everybody. Lay it out. You, you, you probably know some of the pop culture stuff, but I'll, uh, I'll just, I'm going to give like super broad strokes. Uh, this kid from South Philly, he's super smart, kind of like a, like a, you know, like a, a, he's a like savant a with prodigy math. savant. With, like, right. And it's, and it's typically with like math and there's, there's a colorful way that he expresses how he. How he just he sees math and it just works for him. He can he can play math like like a prodigy to a piano, like you know. So, anyways, math and like reading and then his his like photographic memory, uh, those all play a large part in it. But since he's got South Philly roots and he's an orphan, you know, he like he's he's taken he's taken family this like chosen family with these three ruffian dudes from South Philly who are just like, you know, they're good, they're good boys. And, uh, they're, you know, they're up, they're up for scrapping and fighting, but they, uh, they go to bars and they hang out. And the inciting incident is Matt Damon's character, like good, goodwill. He, uh, he's really smart and he, <laughs> Dr. He goodwill. A, there's a, the, he's a janitor for MIT. And there's like, there's like, uh, an impossible equation written on the chalkboard that like, you know, if you, if anyone can pass this, they'll be, they can, the, all the doors are open for them in the mathematic world. And here's this little Goodwill and he, he, uh, completes the, you know, the, the, the problem in seconds and the teacher's really impressed. And he's like, oh my God, I need, he's like, he's my prodigy. I've got to make him, I got to make him what I want. But because, uh, Will got into a scrap and he's uh, going to go to jail. He gives him the ultimatum. Hey, if you go to therapy and then you learn under my teachings and we like cultivate your mind and make it, you know, pretty much it turns into like he just wants him to fulfill his lost prophecy. You know, like he wants him to to do the greatness that he sees in him, you know, and so it's kind of this like bittersweet with him. But meanwhile, uh, Will becomes really good friends with his therapist and then they have like a they have a formative, you know, life changing event. And. He's 20 years old, which <laughs> none of these, this is like one of the most like, uh, like gratuitous, just miss, miss fucking age, uh, you know, he has, he has ever young. seen in my he's life. Like, he's like 26 he's, when they made he's, it. No, he's 30 in this movie or he's 27 in this movie. Oh yeah. Isn't yeah, he? Pro- or, I, yeah. I, I looked pretty up, sure, he's right? 26 he's, or 27. Cause I had to look up oh, his okay. birthday versus when they made the movie. Cause I was like, Oh, right. I was like, how old is he? I'm like, he's young. Well, he won, but he's not. He won the Oscar 20. at 27. So, yeah. Anyways, fucker. Right, right. He's not 20, but so, still, and he's like the youngest. He's like one of the youngest like Silly. Oscar winners ever. But, uh, anyways, so he just becomes really good friends with his therapist. His therapist tells him like, Hey, you, you're more than just like your smartness, and you know, go out there and and try life. You know, find somebody, find somebody that can. You right. know, Shut off from all his childhood instead. trauma and everything. Right, 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 right. And then, yeah, there's like through the therapy sessions, you you learn a little bit about his backstory and everything. And like, yeah, his his how he was an orphan. He went through like foster care system, and he was beaten and bruised. And it's just like you know, it's it's tragedy. It's it's emotional. And then it's just like a super hopeful ending where, you know, he gives a note to Robin Williams that says, 
hey, I'm gonna go, there's go also, see about a girl. Yeah, there's also a girl in it but, that he falls oh, in sure, love yeah. with. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, dude, which I, how could I even like not bring up Mini Driver, dude? I know. But uh, yeah, so yeah, he meets like a college girl, and they they kind they of off, they kind of fall in love, but, romance. but yeah, and and she's like, she's kind of cool. She's a trust fund baby, and she's like, but hers is kind of tragic too, and so. You know, she's like, she's like, I love you. I don't care if you're a construction worker or a smartest man alive. I just love that D. And then he's like, oh, you can't love me because I'm broken. And then, you know, you can't. Well, <laughs> you, he's like, you want to hear this can. is a surgery, Scott? Like, <laughs> yeah. see, like sunny. And is, she's like doing the like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure what you did there was from the movie Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I mean, he just drives it. off into the sunset. Yeah, you know, it's, it's optimistic. It's nice. Matt, it is. Uh, or uh Ben Affleck, he's got that. I, dude, I, I don't care what you say about Ben Affleck's acting. I, I love him so much. I love Some, his acting. There, it's like there's a charm behind it. That's like there's something. He's trying about so ben hard. Yeah, like it's like the fact that he's trying so hard, and but like, but like it's like good. Like they're you know at least serviceable in I the just, acting world. I don't know. I, I want him to go back to being a great director he had such hope and then he hasn't and then he's been whiffing it yeah. lately well no it was him him directing his brother was like fucking gold like it was so good so good and so that's what i that's K- what i casey want casey affleck's like, like the best part of this movie K- <laughs> and casey and casey affleck's like the best affleck brother <laughs> he's, he's oh easy so, casey he's affleck so was, is one of the better better actors around fortunately right. yeah exactly but uh because i mean go watch the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. You want to <laughs> talk about that? Yeah, you want to see? Yeah, you want to see the greatest actor? You want to just talk uh, about? We don't. Wait, God, that whole cast episodes, is so good. How many episodes has it been that we? I don't think we talked about the, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford last episode. So we have to talk about it this episode. It's our. It's on our contract. It is. We have to bring <laughs> have it up to, uh, every episode yeah. at least once. God. We have to say, go listen to that podcast. It's our least listened to podcast episode. Go it's listen probably to up there. It. Yeah. <laughs> Which is but, a shame. That movie is so fucking. Good. God, that movie is so good. <laughs> That's like but, uh, this. We should just rename our podcast to "That Movie's So Good." Or yeah. it's so good. But we uh, just talk. We just say that movie's good. I forgot how much because I always was like, "Oh, Casey Affleck is such a bit part," but he's a pretty big like side character. But all, all the all the friends are all the friends are like all, all the characters really are like, well utilized. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in it serves a purpose. Even the swarmy, like fucking slimy little uh, uh, teacher's assistant that's just like, that's just yeah. the super kiss he ass. Gets, like he gets a great he gets a great scene too. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Uh, yeah, and that's I think that's where this movie this movie really it shines in its scene work like that. I and I feel like I feel like it's because fucking dude. So Matt Damon, I didn't know I didn't know all this. Matt Damon was in Harvard when he wrote this. And he was getting like a degree in Harvard for screenwriting, and so it's like I think it was like stage and then adapted to screen, and so it's just like this guy. I I mean like oh okay, that, I mean that kind of explains it. I was like oh okay, but uh, it's crazy how he like wrote this. It's like I'm a I'm a bad boy, but it, secretly a genius. Right, 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 right. It, and it's funny because I feel like this movie was like the first thing that he put everything into <laughs> like really is it's like it's his it is his like life how he would see it you know and how, how he'd yeah. want it to be and he like he puts he's put so much depth and emotion into this and then after that i feel like he's just kind of played characters ever since well, it's then. crazy like uh ben Aff- ben affleck is great matt damon is is great as well but it's crazy to see because it's like this movie came out when we were kids and we didn't really have like a full understanding 
But it's just like, it's cr- weird to think that this movie is what put both of them on the map so hard. Well, where, and it's, yeah, it's cool that they like, did it's it like, together, though. That's what I Yeah, love, where yeah. it's like, in our lives, it's like, they've always just been super famous. But it's just crazy, like, they continue. Like, Matt Damon is still incredibly famous and still doing a good job. Yeah. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure out the last Matt Damon movie I watched. Like, the most recent Matt Damon movie. Honestly, probably, I mean, sadly, and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in uh, The Last and, Duel, which we didn't get to watch was, in Medieval Month. Well, I was gonna say the last movie that I saw with them is Manchester by the Sea. That was that was a long ass time ago. Casey dude. Affleck too, man. He got the Oscar. I know Casey was so good. Uh, but yeah, dude, you got to see Last Duel because like Matt Damon, he doesn't play like he's not a charming guy. He's like a fucking gross, just like and Adam Driver's in it. That's a good movie. <laughs> what one? The Last Duel. Yeah. But it's yeah, like I really, I Matt really Damon and it, Ben yeah. Affleck, but uh, Matt Damon is such like a like a grizzly grizzled medieval creep, like barren like lord guy. Uh, it's just so different from what you know we're used to him playing, which is always, yeah. he's always kind of like the low like the good looking. He's like a hero every man that's like there with a quip. So it is nice seeing him like young nineties in this though, because it's like going back all the way back. It's just like. This tight shirted, fucking Backstreet Boys haircut, fuck motherfucker, like. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. He totally. Yeah. He 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 looks the part. Like. And, and Ben Affleck hasn't changed at all. He's just got slightly older and maybe taller. No. Like he's just no, thickened he's, out. Yeah, but he's he's filled. Yeah. He's just filled out. That's it, dude. <laughs> he like looks. He looks the same. But dude, I just can't get over that's his stupid grin, man. And there's a, this, like such a. He seems like such a buddy, you know? And I love all the... I love, like... Have you seen him, like, when he's, like, smoking outside, taking pictures with people? Yeah. It's just, like... Nice. He just... He's he's a cool dude, but you can tell. Like, he's... He's got some... Uh, oh, he's got duh. some burdens. See, Matt Damon's just in so much stuff, I forget he's in it. He's literally a huge character in Oppenheimer. How did I forget that? Oh, yeah. Duh. Duh. Oh, yeah. I saw that movie That's, twice okay. this year. Oh, right, right, right. No, I literally, like, didn't even... I'm looking at his... Uh, acting thing oh downsizing actually was probably which i actually really liked i have it's just him, it's broken him and true grit dude have you ever seen see where this this episode's a little off the rails but ah whatever uh <laughs> have you ever seen the talented mr ripley dude he crushes it in that no so dude, film yeah, seymour hoffman to too dude film i mean seymour this, hoffman? forget about it oh he's in that oh f- i should totally see that then right. i just assumed it was like a it was like the sequel to <laughs> this movie to Goodwill Hunting. No, it's like literally, it's like a absolutely. it's like a good, really good like thriller, and Jude Law's in it. It's like a very good '90s thriller. Oh hell yeah, dude! Jude Law, sign me up, baby. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good Gwen- Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow too. Yeah. <laughs> what? This is so. This is okay. It's this stacked, actually does but... tie. This tie back. This ties back to us like extre- extremely closely because this is when I started getting into film. It's like. 2003 is when I like got my first like video camera and was like really like shooting stuff. And this is when the whole reason I found out about Good Hunting, everybody out there in podcast land, come to come to the Reddit, r slash coldest of knowledge. Please. And tell us, please tell us what brings you, what brought you to Goodwill Hunting. And if not, kind of an adjacent film, like what, what film brought you to a certain film kind of in your formative years? Because I saw Goodwill Hunting. Because Kevin Smith produced it, yeah. And so I, I was, always I was ingesting about that. 
I was ingesting a lot of Kevin Smith shit. Well, I did it because Kevin Smith was the one that got this movie in front of fucking the Weinsteins, which is which is sad. But anyways, but it's they, Max. They he, produced he's the one that got a lot it. of good movies. <laughs> I know, which well, is crazy. The whole thing. Every yeah, I right. watch well, so no. any movie in the nineties, it's like the <laughs> Weinstein's touched, dude. They like... yeah, no, kind of though, right? And yeah. so it's like it's like it's unfortunate because the Weinstein's were a powerhouse and they fucking abuse their power because they're terrible gremlin humans that should be, you know, I don't well, know, tortured, it's, whatever. It's, it's nice but, that uh, Harvey Weinstein's definitely yeah. gonna die in prison. You know what I mean? It's like oh, totally. There, yeah, I there hope is he just, something yeah, warm, to death, but... warm in my heart about that. Right, and so it's like, and and I've got a I've got a funny antidote about that. Uh, Weinstein didn't want Minnie Driver in this movie in Good Will Hunting because he thought she wasn't attractive enough. And so I'm like, Which Weinstein, means you're the most you're the most disgusting mole rat of a fucking human being. <laughs> and you didn't think yeah. Minnie Driver was attractive enough no, for your movie? It's because she wouldn't touch his penis, probably. Exactly. Like, no, really though. That's, that's actually the, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the disgusting truth that yes, the, probably she probably yeah was less. Let, less, uh, you know, appeasing. And was it him, Kevin? So. Because I do but, feel like Kevin Smith is just like, no, dude, Minnie Driver's <laughs> yeah, a queen. Yeah, She's gonna, yeah. she has to be in this. <laughs> yes. Harvey, no, they all fought. They all fought. This was, this was during, this was during when Gus Van Sant was on board and Matt, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were like, and Gus Van Sant were like, no, she's perfect. <laughs> she's she's the character. And she kills it, dude. I love she's her great. character she's in this. Great, yeah. She's so real. Dude, every character in this is like really dimensional and like it's pretty good. I like the, the, the it's nice to see that. It's very well written and the characters all have because like even Lambo, the professor, like everyone has a good three-dimensional arc. Like nobody exists just to serve one purpose. But it's also like there's a lot of bits that call to later bits like it's well written everything points at each other you know what i mean it's like there's so many shit early on like even matt you know ben affleck's face at the beginning and he's like waiting outside and then later when he's like you know what the best part of my day is is when i hope i never (laughs) fucking see you again i know well dude and that's that's the only part of the movie that i feel is a little forced and like a little and i think that's just like it actually showed me that like that's kind of the glaring like downside and what we've actually we've transitioned from that that stark like archetype of a screenplay where you have to have that like instead of like because the the like the low point of the movie is pretty much when he he breaks up with you know mini driver and then they do the you know he's with a therapist and stuff and they have their blow up and it's the like you know it's not your fault that's the down you know and then kind of like the building action is when he's talking with him and they're like, he's like, he's like, you know, you better get out of here. I'll fucking kill you if you're here that's, for another. Like, that's the final. Years. He's like, you don't that's know like, it yourself. You owe it to me. Right. And all these guys, because they'd yeah. fucking kill to have that opportunity and stuff. Which is right. like finally what he needed to hear from his best friend. And it's just like, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's all it's important. It's all there, but it's kind of like exactly. But it's like that's like the most glaring written part of the whole script. Like the rest of it fills. A lot more like organic, but I think anyways, that, but then, that's but it why doesn't like, take away from anything. It no, just, no, no. Yeah, like, yeah, that's why I say I think a minute, it takes me a minute to. I really like this movie, but like it does take me a minute to get into it because at the beginning it's like the super stereotypical like Boston yeah. beat 'em up boys, and then like yeah. you know how you like dumb apples. Like I think that scene's pretty stupid, and then uh, the like the well, slow, all the quotable scenes are the kinda... slow motion fight. Well, dude. Okay, don't don't get me wrong though. That looks great. It's kind of fun. I know it. It's kind of fun. I know fun, that like, but... and and any everyone out there in podcast land, if this is the first time you've watched this movie, you probably were like convinced that that was they shot that in slow mo, but it was all in this case, yeah, filmed. Like, oh, it was 
dude real. yeah like, it was yeah. it was filmed in real time and everybody on the court moved really slow so it was all choreographed where it looked like it was shot in slow-mo because shooting in slow motion you actually burn a lot of film yeah and that that takes up like that film costs money every fucking square inch of film is you know money and so it's like the more film you burn the more it costs so they shot that like that but i think what really helps it the scene before when they're at the batting cage that is actually shot on slow-mo giving it an authenticity when you get to see it on the baseball on the basketball court and so that was kind of like i'm like oh that's smart that's smart filmmaking that's like the tracks this, uh, this is a planned film but going back to uh how uh, i came about this movie because it was like kind of similar vein but it was like i knew it was popular and then i yeah i heard kevin smith and i watched it during that golden age right but it's because and then i watched this and i was like oh yeah gus van sant and i was watching like a lot of gus van sant movies too and it, and it's just funny because it's like the way like he's got movies that have quite a bit of violence in them but it's just like the way he does it he has such a weird like soft kind of almost awkward touch to making the violence that it's this is like literally this time watching it i was even like the fight scene i was just like yeah this is exactly how gus van sant would do a fight scene <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I don't right because it's like even even like elephant which is probably like i mean this is probably his best that, movie but that's Elephant's what i was really good. that's what i was gonna say elephant was like my most when i went through it because i'm like i'm like i know gus van gus van sant but i don't really know like his work off the top of my head and then an Elephant was the one where I was like, oh, fuck, dude. That is such a good movie. That is good. And it totally is that. Uh, it, yeah. It just, he's got a softness to him. That's, like, the best way to put it. Yeah. Because uh, even, like, Milk, right? He did Milk, and Milk was really good. Yeah. And we actually – we never did a podcast on Milk, but we watched Milk for part of the film club back before we were doing podcasts for it, uh, if you remember, way back in the day. It was, like, one of the first ones. We watched Milk. I was living at the duplex and uh, yeah, movie's good. But even the violence in that with like, uh, you know, Josh Brolin going all Twinkie crazy. It's yeah. Got, it's got like this weird <laughs> sympathetic kind of like soft touch to it. I don't know. Like that's the thing about guys. And I think that's why this movie fits the cozy category so well is cause I mean, like this is not cozy in the same way of like portrait of a lady on fire or anything. This is definitely like, has a lot more going on and like more, but it's like more melancholic. Like you said, it's like, especially with the music no. and like the time period, like there's a lot of like, just like scenes, just chilling, you know, not everything is like, like it's all about the characters, not about the plot. So there's so many scenes that are just driving the characters forward, even if they're just chilling at a bar. And then like Minnie driver comes in and, she makes that dirty cum joke to all her to all his friends. <laughs> yeah, and it's but even just then, like, that even it, that's like when they're like, "That's not that gross." It's like it is more like cute. That <laughs> yeah, well, and it's just like, oh, she can hang. You know what I mean? And it's just right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. And uh, that's why it's like it, that's what feels cozy about this. It's like everything is just like just like it's just you know, even though they're going through all their hardships, it's like it just seems maybe now in twenty twenty three, I'm like. Man, life looks easy in 97. Like, I wish I was 20 years old in 97. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, they're really... Uh... But I guess it wasn't that easy because, you know, whatever. But uh, I mean, yeah. talk about... Because uh, let's talk about Robin Williams because I he's love... Definitely a, See, he's definitely a powerhouse. He, he, like... God, he... I loved when he started getting, you know, quote-unquote serious. Yeah, like, dude. I really... 
I really enjoy. And I I don't oh my god, I need to look up. I don't know if this is like his first you know, it's definitely not like his first serious film, but I think this kind of is like his Well, it's like his big breakout. Of... Not kind of cuz it's like uh, I mean, because I'm pretty sure he won the Oscar for this, the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. He and, did, yeah. And uh, it's, I haven't watched this movie since he uh, killed himself. Yeah. And having watching it now, it's like he brings such a, unfortunately, such an authentic, like authentic performance to, uh, you know, this like kind of troubled character. Like even in the scenes, like you could feel his grief and his sadness. Then the movie is about like his wife and his loneliness and everything. But it's just like, sadly, that's what makes him such a good comedian and cause a really good, like serious actor too. Is like, you can tell he's kind of got that. Cause it's like, uh, I remember right after he died, I watched, um, uh, rewatched randomly just cause I had it too. And I was like, oh, I was going to watch it anyway. But then I watched a like one hour photo and I was like, yeah, he, he does some really good. It's bummer because it's like he does some really good, serious roles. Like he's really funny and does like really classic roles too. all your Mrs. Doubtfire and your fucking, you know, genie from the Aladdin voiceovers. Right. And everything. Which I totally like. I don't know, man. The Like, so Jumanji was like, I really appreciate oh, that. He's like he has a good he has a good like. He does a, ba- a balance between that movie. That movie's not Jumanji as rules, man. I watched it's it. Not as, like, recently. It's not as like it's not as like comical as you would as like a Mrs. Doubtfire, which is like a straight up comedy. Where Jumanji is like I don't know, you know, it's Dude, an action comedy. I, I watched Jumanji but, last month. Uh, I don't know if I put it oh. on my letterbox, but I watched it with Emmeline last month, and I'm like, this movie is Dude. intense and scarier than I remember. Uh, oh yeah, no, I was talking to you about it because I had that scene with all the giant spiders. <laughs> yeah, the spider. The when he gets sucked it, when he gets sucked into the board, it's like freaky. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it traumatizes me. It's so prolonged, but uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the the Robin Williams performance that I remember, like later on, finding in like my early twenties, like it was like twenty one, twenty two. Is did you ever see the Birdcage? Dude, that, yes. That Bird is Cage such a. Me. That's such a fun like. That's where it's like I, he, I don't think I watched all shines. of it though because I don't remember like the whole back half of that movie. Well, right, right. right. I, I tried I, watching yeah, I kinda, it. I kind of don't either, really. Actually, I put it on. We'll find a way to watch it because I put it on one of the polls yeah. like a few months back. I don't remember for what genre, and it came close. And I'm pretty sure I voted for it because I was like, I need to actually like sit down and watch the whole thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's. But he's a he's a solid character actor. I mean, it's like, and it's like as much as we. I mean, you can. <laughs> We we rip apart Jack constantly because it's it's just it's Jack. It's like it's it's such a parody of itself already. But oh yeah, who, it, who, like, who directed, he does? Someone and directed Jack Francis Ford. Francis Ford oh, yeah. Coppola. Jack, Jack is one of those. Jack is one of those movies. Where it's like we gotta go. We need to do. We need to do like the anomaly movies one month where it's just like a director that would not make it that kind of movie. We need to like put those together because God, there was somebody else the other day too that I was thinking about where I was like that's that just seems impossible. But yeah, Jack is kind of one of the biggest ones. You know the highest. Yeah. So on, uh, I'm on Letterboxd, and so you know the highest. <laughs> you know how they sort the movies by like the highest rated, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the highest rated Robin Williams movie is? Insomnia. No. Oh, dude, shit. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, I love Insomnia. Insomnia. Dude. So that's. I'm pretty sure Nolan's we've watched it together. Rated. Yeah, quite possibly. I think. Yeah. Anyways, maybe not. But that's yeah. like a straightforward when Christopher Nolan wanted to be like David Fincher type of movie, and it like. Yeah. I was kind of appreciated for that, but uh, no, it's Dead Poets Society, which was on the poll earlier which, in the month, and I've never seen. 
Which is funny, yeah, because that he plays another like kind of unconventional teacher that yeah. inspires inspires children. Yeah, and that yeah, that's funny. I that's really his highest. I guess that makes sense. Oh my god, Hook, dude, we're going down like the the nostalgia, you know, fucking road right now, and I'm dude, Flubber, oh, forget about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, did you? Uh, so you know, a movie actually came to mind, and I didn't even see it on Letterbox because it's probably pretty low down. That I've talked about it before, and I recommend it. Is World's Greatest Dad? It's like sort of more recent. It came out like a year or two before he died, and it's such a good dark comedy. Like it's fucking dark, but it's hilarious. Uh, but he's really good in it. Um, highly recommend that. World's- World's Greatest Dad. It looks like the the poster looks uh-huh, fucking yeah, yeah. dumb. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. But it's like his son dies from autoerotic asphyxiation, and he's okay. like he, he's like a failed writer, and so he writes a fake suicide note for his son because it's like embarrassing because he's in high school. He writes a fake suicide note for his son, and it gets really really popular. So he starts like ghostwriting these hidden journals of his sons. And they get like really popular. They get really popular and they get like published and shit. But he's like secretly writing him that it's like his son was really troubled and it was a suicide uh, when really he died of erotic asphyxiation. And it's fucking hilarious, but it's also incredibly dark. (laughs) It's a good movie. Yeah, it's it's really well written. I know, man. I yeah, I want to any movie with we should uh, do more. We should do an auto erotic asphyxiation month. Just movies that just and we'll watch like Ken Park and stuff. I mean, there's a yeah, say, yeah. There's a god. There's another movie too, or I was just watching that recently. Or it might have been a TV show. But Death to Smoochie was fun. That's oh, like dude! A, a, I, see, now we're not we're not even talking about good ones. We, <laughs> we need to get we need to get we need Death to have to Smoochie, like because I watched that when I was on my fucking Edward Norton train back in the day. Oh, yeah, and then I was just like, oh yeah, this movie, that movie rules too. We. We need to do a really good dark we, comedy month or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, solid dark comedy or, or Robin Williams month. Figure out, you know, maybe yeah, or maybe do an we need an actors month. So each each week we do an actor, but yeah, because we uh, did that with directors, I, we should do that. I can I can bring it back. Uh, I got I got something pretty fun. I got a little uh, uh, a little bit of trivia for you that's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> Off the cusp, you, baby. You know the you know the the scene when he's talking with the Mini Driver and. He tells her the brothers. He's got some brothers. Yeah. And he's like, I have 12 brothers. And he's like, Marky, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, T- Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. Yeah. And uh, she's like, say it again. You know, and that's like, it's a fucking, their banter is beautiful. And their banter is so Kevin Smith, dude. It so Like, if Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith, so Kevin Smith was supposed to direct this. And it actually workshopped through a bunch of different people. Mel, Mel Gibson was their top. What? There was, he was the first... Mel Gibson was the first director they went to for this movie. How? Holy shit. I'm so like, glad it he, wasn't Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's a solid director, but this movie is nothing <laughs> for him. Because yeah, what? He so probably good. just got... He just won the Oscar for fucking Braveheart. But for Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart <laughs> just like, came out. You know yeah. what the perfect movie for this guy would be? Is this like <laughs> movie this about like this tender, troubled, dialogue-heavy yeah. genius about like emotional trauma. <laughs> That's the guy who directed the fucking... You know, freedom. <laughs> yeah, anyway. like like a cocaine fueled like, fucking biopic or whatever you know history. Good but anyways, Lord. anyways, that was, that was funny. But I don't want to go think about that dark his alternate history. Where 
<laughs> fucking Mel Gibson directed. Maybe maybe it would change him, dude. Mel, maybe Mel Gibson would have like leveled out would and he would have tried to blame all the Jews. Like, yeah, yeah, bro. I don't know, man. <laughs> Robin God. Williams was just touched him, and he's just like he is just yeah. Gus Van Sant, and they get married. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he finally yeah chills out. <clears throat> but anyways, the the reason that they went with those names, it's because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, their aspirational directors to work with was Mark Rocco, Richard Attenborough, Danny Boyle, Terry Gilliam, Michael Solomon, David Fincher, Tim Burton, Tom Hanks, Joel Schumacher, Robert Redford, John Woo, and Brian De Palma. Jesus. And that was like, that's the names they picked. And I was just like, that is such a beautiful fun little tribute to film yeah and it like it it just tickled me pink man that's like that's like the knowing the like behind the scenes of this yeah. movie really helps like having that be like, all the names that's funny because uh yeah. except for i don't want to think of the world where joel schumacher directed this too. it's cool that they <laughs> thought about uh danny boyle because danny boyle wasn't really that popular yet like he'd only no like i don't no, i don't yeah. think train spotting had come out yet maybe just barely actually or, yeah, man, was Transporting 98? I don't know. But they, yeah. I think it might have been 96, so it might have just came out. Oh, oh, right. Because right. well, like, this movie this movie was finished in, like, 93 or 4, 94 or something like that. Because it, no, not finished the, the, the script. They workshopped this, for, they workshopped this and shopped it around for five years. That makes sense. So, so they had it done for, for It does years. feel, like, it, it's yeah. really well written, but it does feel very, like, they cut oh, off it, all the fat and they yeah. just fucking... Well, made dude, it yeah, there's the so many script. They, they were like, there were like, uh, Ben Affleck's character was gonna die in like the original script, and there was like, just well, and then brick falls on him know, during a construction. I, no, honestly, he died in a construction accident. That was the <laughs> yeah, that was it. But um, it's like, uh, and then another another fun fact about this. That's is the like, Mel Gibson I, version. <laughs> really though, well, yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing. That's dies like, doing a hate crime. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of people took this. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, um, but a lot of people took this and like wanted to workshop it and stuff. And so like Miramax was the first company that like was like, hey, this is, you know, this is your guys's work. Let's, you know, and they're like, if you want to workshop it, we've got suggestions, but don't, you know, it's not like we're here to overhaul it. And uh, but the reason that they went with Miramax and respected them is because I'm sure you've heard this, like they on page 60, they put a gratuitous sex scene. Between uh, Robin Williams' character and Skarsgård's character, those two, <laughs> really, those two, the 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 yeah, the the mathematician and the psychologist, uh. they put they put like a sex scene between them on page sixty, and like a bunch of studios went around and were like, oh, this is great, you know, yeah, we love it, I didn't and they're like, this, but you yeah. didn't you didn't watch didn't it, yeah, and then Miramax read it, yeah, and Miramax was like, what the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> like they're like they're like they're like we they're like you should really cut that. This is they're a really, really good like, script, this, but that threw us, you know, like yeah, that, exactly, yeah, like that, like that, totally, because they were like they were like, well, these two these two characters aren't struggling with like you know the their their identity. <laughs> they're not like they they're like they were like they really were like they're like they're but they're two straight men. Why <laughs> what's going on? Like they this wasn't part of the script, and so, <laughs> so they were like, funny. well, cool, finally someone like that's you that's, know, that's read a cool it. bit of tidbit, yeah, and that. Well, how, right, how, yeah, did it, uh, how did it get to Kevin Smith and then eventually Gus Van Sant? Do you know? Uh, I mean that no, through the through the Miramax pipeline. Yeah, so that was well, that makes so, sense because so, uh, Kevin Smith was on retainer. Kevin Smith with and Quentin Tarantino were like the Miramax babies. Uh-huh. You know, they yeah, and like so Kevin Smith was like he yeah, like I said, like they they worked with Miramax, and so Miramax owned them for like whatever, like three movies or four movies or something. So they had to. 
they had to write and direct or I'm, I can't remember what it, how yeah with Kevin Smith yeah. got it. See, it's been so long since I've gone through the history, but I'm really, he got like he got to do you know Mall Rats, but then yeah. that was like a whole fucking cluster cuss. I'm but, really really like you know how you know how I feel about Kevin Smith. I'm a fan. Uh, yeah. Or at least I was, and uh, <laughs> but I'm really, really Ouch. glad he didn't direct this because he's a horrible director. He's an amazing writer, <laughs> but he, yeah. it's like he doesn't. I agree. He doesn't direct. He doesn't direct what he doesn't write, and so it's just like that's what works is his screenplays. So if he would have directed this, it would have just been like even more boring visually, and that's I it. <laughs> like no, like I it would have totally been it would have like it would it would have been like funnier without having that like melancholic cozy charm which i think is what gus van sant really brings like he's a pretty he's a really simple director but he really does bring like a a delicate touch to his movies like even like we said if you've seen elephant it's about a fucking school shooting only a couple years after columbine and it wouldn't it wouldn't be cute now because we have like 10 of those a day but uh back in like 2003 or whenever it came out I mean, we still had a bunch, but it's like the movie right, is such like that, a yeah. such like a slow, soft. Like, it's weird to say it because it has such an impending doom, but like that could even be a cozy movie. You know what I mean? I mean, really though, well, because it like it's it's, it's, it's patient. It works it's slow. It it's, works off of the like the the fucking unknown impending violence that's gonna like that could be coming. Yeah. Like, it's definitely it's great because it's not like a super panic movie. It's not an exploitative film. That's no. what I loved about Elephant is like, it just, it feels like, it, like, it really like, I mean, nowadays it's like we have tragic. Like fucking, it's like tragic in the way like tragic. everything about this is it, tragic. Like the the, right. fucking, the guys who committed it, the people, then, the people who instantly died in it that didn't do anything, you know what I mean? Right, um, right, And then like, and then, yeah, 20 years later, the, it's still this just as impactful. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, but it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if it was Kevin Smith, I, I love him, bless his heart. It would just really be like about the jokes and the dialogue, dude. Yeah. But then again, this is the time around the time he made Chasing Amy, which is like his most emotionally impactful movie, probably I think. And the you know that's speaking of Ben Affleck, right? Um, that's right. Chasing, and that's the thing. God, I haven't watched Chasing Amy in a long time. I want to watch that. Oh, it's really good, dude. We watched it like yeah, like a year ago, and I I just well I we fucking love you it, know dude. we used to be obsessed about it back in the day. I I know yeah, I've seen it, but I'm like I haven't seen I haven't seen Clerks three yet, and I I, know, I still really even, want to or or Jane Silent Bob like Redux or whatever the fuck. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched anything honestly since Tusk, which which is weird because yeah. I actually love Tusk. So oh, I, yeah, well that's the whole thing. I'm like Red State Go. and Tusk, dude. We're we're fucking there for it. And then Kevin Smith just flip flopped. He couldn't he couldn't continue the momentum of doing something different. I know, which is too bad. I know. We, we can like, talk about Kevin Smith for another hour. I know we don't need to get it. I know. Go. We did an episode on Tusk like a couple years ago, I think. So go listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go search the archives. It might have been part of the one of the early horror tobers or something, though. Uh, oh my god! This is this movie did fantastic in the box office. Yeah, let's do it. Just, yeah. Let's. Yeah, you want to? You want to look if we have a? Yeah. A, a Reddit. Uh. Yeah, this movie was ten million to make, which is like, which is like a solid investment, man. That's not I mean, ten million for Miramax at the, at, in the in ninety six, ninety seven, and like a, is, a fairly yeah, it's nothing, and it's like, like, but it's like a good, like good for them because that's like a solid budget for like, like oh, they, fairly they, low on an unknown quantity, uh, yeah, like an unknown, yeah. unproven quantity, and that's what sucks because that is one of the best things about Miramax is they 
took yeah. those risks that a lot of like, I mean, we got like the spec script boom of the eighties and nineties. It's like they took a lot of those risks. And because of that, we ended up with like so many great movies and filmmakers that kind of came from that. Uh, well, just Miramax too, was just like, Miramax, bad. dude, Miramax is it literally like, I'm not even, I'm not being like hyperbolic when I say that it, it is the a 24 of the nineties. They just, they like are like a Sundance pipeline where they take that, that Sundance creator uh-huh. and they go, Oh, you made a, you know, $501 million movie. Here's 10 million. Give us, you know, give us what you got like that. Like they, they just like, they did that and they, you know, so they brought, ten, they brought a lot of people. 10 million. That's a pretty, but, that's like a, that's like a, not a bad investment for them at all. How much no, did they, 10 million, how much did they turn And they made $225 million. Woof, in the nineties. People, people were dialogue. going to the movies, baby. People were seeing movies. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's like a, not only is that a huge uh, difference, but it's just like the type of movie this is. This is a movie, a character-driven dramedy about twenty-year-olds. Twenty-year-olds fi- aren't seeing this movie. I think that's kind of the thing about it. I feel like, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, but like, I feel like I, I don't know. I guess yeah, around twenty, I was seeing it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, if this came college, out, you know, today, can, like this would make. 20 million maybe <laughs> like yeah right 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 like yeah. people wouldn't give like people would be like oh it was really good but like because but it's like a movie that's about like that's almost entirely just dialogue and character development well dude it's like okay how about this uh there's that movie called the leftovers or whatever what's it called the i'm putting that on or, or that, the, the holdovers the the holdovers i'm putting there's that on the next holdovers. that's that's essentially what we have today in 2020 2023 <laughs> whatever year this is yeah. uh in 2023 you're getting the holdovers a movie that feels very thematically similar and it's gonna make 20 million dollars <laughs> if that <laughs> everyone's like, gush everyone's critically gushing about it but it doesn't make i understand money. but it's not gonna make any money <laughs> it doesn't make 220 yeah. fucking million dollars that's for fucking right. sure and, and i want to i want to like i want to preface this is the box office number that we have it's always kind of skewed because this was the fucking the the greatest time in American history to make a movie was in the nineties because you had you had everyone, every single fucking human being owned a VCR and everyone was renting and buying movies on VHS. And, and people and people, people still going to theaters. Like because there was expendable income so, in America. Right. And like people right. were still fucking going to movies I mean, as for, like event. Yeah. Like for Seinfeld. the demographics that are still the demographics are still like, you know. How many times are they just like, today? hey, let's go see a movie in in Seinfeld? You know what I mean? Like, it's right, just always right. happening. Well, that's but. how about how about you? It's like I lived I lived in a dollar theater era. That kids don't get that today. Oh. I lived in an era where you could literally go see a movie for a dollar and then a quarter on Mondays, and so we would just go to the fucking theaters and the, hang out. You know, <laughs> the closest building to I, my house growing up was weirdly enough a movie theater and a library in one building. Uh, and I wait, spent, shit, that five, wait, five star was, yeah, was it, that not five star? Yeah. Five star. It was connected. Five star is a library. <laughs> I didn't con- know it was connected to the library. It was connected to the library. It was in the same, like same <laughs> building as it. There was like, hell yeah. There was a vacant space that was owned by the movie theater in between, but it was all one building. It was like a little strip mall almost. And, uh, yeah, but it was weird. Cause you would be in the, in the library and you could hear the movies through the wall <laughs> yeah right, right right i love that yeah when i'd be oh, back that's, there that's nostalgia finger banging my future wife in the <laughs> yeah, back yeah, of the yeah. library figure figure banging your your brain with knowledge dude yeah, in the library right. uh i spent so much time in the library and that movie theater like so much fucking time there formative years man 
That's same, dude. The 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 movies ten yeah. Cinemark Dollar Theater. Yeah, bud. Right in Sugar House, baby. You meet me there, man. I will be there. I'll, I'll be there. I do. We were there all the time, like throwing glow sticks and smoke bombs. Oh, oh yeah. Buddy. We were ruffians getting kicked out sometimes. Oh, That's my funny. gosh. Um, I miss it, dude. I do, too. I know. I miss I'm so it, sorry for the employees that work there that had to deal with, <laughs> deal with us. But you know, you know what? It's all water under the bridge now, right? Because you're a fucking regular movie theater now that sucks. <laughs> I, they are such a, like, um, I haven't been to that theater in a long time. But yeah, it's just a very boring Cinemark now. It is oh right, and it's like With and it's cheap because it's like the theater, the screens suck. Lot. It's the world's worst parking lot too, because <laughs> oh, yeah, Sugar House is Sugar House is so busy now that yeah, it's just like. And I mean, I haven't been there since I lived in Sugar House. <laughs> if you if you know Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> yeah, and, and Sugar House specifically, the only reason that, to go you know there that parking lot is to go to Black Cat, which I don't even Bla- know. if it's I know still Black there. Cat Comics. Yeah. No Black. Well, actually, shit, I don't know. I haven't been for a minute. It, but it probably still is. I would have heard of Black, it Black Cats. I feel like. I know, yeah. And then the smelliest GameStop in the world is in that parking lot. Too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, and it used to be the smelliest Radio Shack, and now holy it's a shit, GameStop. it was. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is a okay. movie podcast. <laughs> Everyone loves this. <laughs> Everyone loves to hear us talk about our uh, childhoods. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, clones are people too. Old reliable says, uh, "I love this film, and I've seen this a lot. But this was my first watch in maybe three years. This absorbs me whenever I watch it." The characters are so rich and the film is so well paced. The acting from everyone is so good and the editing really helps the film flow. I'm a big fan of Elliot Smith's soundtrack and the final scene with Will driving off is cinematic perfection. I read that Terrence Malick suggested that ending. That makes sense. Uh, Apparently Kevin Smith was offered to direct this film. That would have been a very interesting version. Anyway, one of my favorite films, 10 out of 10. Oh, cool. Good to know. Dude, hell yeah, 10 out of 10. I haven't read that yet. Take it out vote. Beautiful. Uh, I, I gotta go on, dude. Put my this, sense on the Reddit. This is totally a movie that is like in the in the nineties. If you were in like Hollywood and that, especially the the Miramax realm, you had your fingers in this film. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like there were so many people that like, which I don't know. Kind of like I'm glad it worked. You know, it, usually if there's too many cooks in the kitchen it kind of falls apart i know i just glad it works because it's like even seeing old scott Mosier's name on there it's always nice to see too oh know? i know right oh dude and that's what oh my god see that's what's so wild i didn't even see scott Mosier's name and it's like of course if you dude you could tell me <laughs> like any actor <laughs> and any director if you said that like they had something to do with this movie i would believe you <laughs> like, yeah really though no yeah Anyway, it's it's really good i didn't we didn't even mention the pacing which yes as clones of people two I, says is excellent uh, the pacing of this movie is because it's like it's what I'm saying about the cozy stuff. It's like not as like it's definitely nowhere near as like slow as the last couple of movies we watched, but it is still patient. Like it really takes its time to let a scene breathe and let dialogue happen. And like even the stuff that's like quote unquote more exciting is not like fast cuts, crazy. Like it's a slow motion fight set to like just like 90s fucking pop music or whatever you know what i mean yeah. it's like uh it very much has a vibe and so well that seems and, timeless and, and like it's, the it's... ending is perfect like i love the ending and yeah. it is very like if terrence malick made a you know contemporary 90s urban film possibly <laughs> i want to see the terrence malick idea um <laughs> And that's funny if that was his idea. Of course it was. Like you said, it's everyone was involved. And Terrence Malick's like, yeah, and then he just drives off in the sunset. Did uh, did Terrence Malick do, what is it, like Thin Red Line or whatever? Yeah. 
Yeah, right? They're okay. <laughs> it's totally Terrence Malick. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it, dude. Yeah. Like, Terrence Malick, though, is, God, he's really good. Too. I want to go on a uh, Terrence Malick spiel because I put him uh, quite a few of his movies on the polls, but they never win because it's like I've seen a handful of his movies. Like, Badlands is really good. Uh, but it's like I really want to see. Like days if we of don't heaven. watch Days of Heaven, yeah. if we don't do Days of Heaven has been on my list for, for so a thousand long. years. Same, dude. I put Days of Heaven. It's, nobody, nobody wins these polls, so it's like I'm gonna cheat on the polls because I want to watch Holdovers really bad, and it fits the genre and it's Christmassy. I'm putting Holdovers on next week's poll, and I'm just gonna put terrible movies against it because <laughs> like I want. I mean, that's smart. Do it. Yeah. No, I'll try and be fair, but I I do want I like know, an but. Alexander Payne movie, but. Anyway, I have nothing else to say about Goodwill Hunting. It's excellent. If you haven't seen it, you have. You're what you're. You're listening to this. You've seen it. I mean, you really. Yeah, but, if you've seen any South Park or Simpsons episode, or <laughs> this is why I feel bad. My brother didn't get a chance to watch it, but he should. What you get if you listen to this? When one day when you watch this, yeah, I'm glad you watched it. Here's my HBO password. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Right, right, right. I think yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm I, gonna, I, read, I'm gonna read it aloud right now. You can go ahead and sign in. So Get on the Reddit. It's, uh, leave <laughs> 72. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so next week, continue with the cozy trend. Uh, I'm, I'm glad this movie won because I've been wanting to rewatch I, it. it. Won, it did it win by a landslide? Because the last time, the last time I looked, it was like fucking ahead. Landslide can, for our numbers. Yeah. Like eight to the next closest one was like four or something. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's still pretty good. But uh, the next, next week we will be watching. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, speaking of 90s Miramax guys. Uh, and how many Tarantino movies hey. have we watched? I don't know, actually a couple, but... I think only two. I'd say Reservoir two. Dogs and uh, Django, probably. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, I'm excited because I have this, not seen this This film. is the only one you haven't seen, so I'm looking forward and to it. It is. Yeah. So, Oh, and me and... Dude, Clones Are People too. Shout out. We He hasn't seen it either, or they. I'm, you know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, dope. Shout out, man! Dope. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I want to watch you it. Again may, if you made it this far, we're uh, we're in it together. And I <laughs> can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait to see your comment. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna actually comment because we're in the fucking bizarro world where you commented on the Reddit this week and I didn't. <laughs> I know. I mean, dude, I'm trying to get. I'm actually. I'm. I make these promises and then they're all just hollow. I just. I log off and then I just stare directly at the wall until, <laughs> until the next time we log on. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Pretty much. I uh, I got a new setup over here, so I'm not. I haven't even been on my computer like all week. I just been pouting over here in the corner in my chair. <laughs> well, dude, I'm working on a new podcast right now, so I'm, I'm going to leave your ass. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start my new podcast and never come back. With your fake phone calls? <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, 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 my interview show. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks, you, uh, to the Patreons, which reminds me, my mom is mad that she's never got any stickers from you. So I told her. Oh, really? Yeah. I told oh, her. Oh, yeah. She didn't. Dude. Okay. I emailed her her she address said, for her address. Yeah. And she didn't give it to me. She said, give Jordan my address. I want those stickers. All right. Right now on air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said, he's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Maybe he'll just bring you some. I, I, that's my, that is my plan. So everyone will get stickers. Shut up. <laughs> no, I, I love you guys. To, to the sticker, some down. the sticker people, you know who you are. Uh, you're great. I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, you guys, everyone you guys are on, me a, everyone me on the Reddit that votes. Keep voting. I want to hear why you vote. Come talk about the movies with us. Just have an attention span that's a week long. You know, you vote for the movie, and then <laughs> yeah. the movie post happens, and then, you know, over the week, watch it and come post about it. I know that's not how the internet works these days, but it's a fucking film club. Just come back to it. 
Come back to us. I know. Come it's one movie a week. Come back to us. And we would love to hear from you. I want to hear. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's uh, Tarantino's a hot button director, and I want to know where this falls for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm excited too because I quite enjoy it, and I but I'm in, I want I'm excited to reassess it and then talk about it with you, good buddy. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, I like that. That'd be good. So next time on Everyday Celebrity, my, <laughs> my, Everyday my on, right oh yeah, this movie uh, is great. This, yeah, <laughs> we'll be interviewing Terrace Malick. No, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. One day we'll get an interview in here, and it'll be sweet. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll hunt down a director. I don't really like interviews and podcasts, but that would probably be good for our brand. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, well, it's, it would be a bonus episode. It wouldn't be in here. I'll pretend. All right, you guys, I'll just start working listen, on my don't character listen to this work. Part. <laughs> Switch to your next one. It's go to, me, Terrence Malick. No, no, no. Go to your like. Go to your like. Your Steve Harvey podcast after this, and yeah. go, go to your go to your Office Ladies podcast after this. Don't stop listening to this now. Go go to your other pods. All right, the music should be playing right about now. Let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so, hell yeah. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Bye.